0: We're going to have our first speaker and our first speaker she's so amazing her name is kim c so
1: kim Yay. hi everyone hi and thank you inviting for inviting me to be here today and thank you for running the workshop today i'm the special events coordinator for the San Fernando Valley Intergroup, and I know what a big commitment it is. And so thank you for your commitment and your time and effort to put this together. So I am Kim and I am a compulsive overeater. Um, my abstinence date is November 13th of 2010 and I'm down about 85 pounds from my top weight. Um, I love, I love the, um, the subject of relapse um when we first started talking about this workshop i said well i haven't had a physical relapse in in my recovery in overeaters anonymous but for me it's about the prelapse you know it says in the big book of alcoholics anonymous first the insanity returns and then we drink so the same thing applies to my food addiction first the insanity returns and then i eat and um I like, I mean, I can go over what I wrote in the writing prompt too. And, you know, higher power is always showing me the warning signs long before I'm at risk of a physical relapse. Um, I, I had people not doing what I wanted when I wanted supporting me the way I thought they needed to this morning. And I had a resentment about it. And resentments make me hungry. (laughs) Like as soon as I'm trying to control other people's behavior or how they should act and react in the world, I know I'm in big trouble. Um, When I get busy with work, if I'm not making as many meetings, that's part of a prelapse for me. The more connected I am to you, the more connected I am to my higher power and, and my recovery from compulsive overeating. Um, recently I started reporting my food again because I, I was eating abstinently. My, my bottom line abstinence is no recreational sugar, anything that looks like dessert. I can't stop eating once I start. And, and chips and crackers, anything salty, greasy, cheesy, crunchy in a bag or a box. Like I'm at the bottom and I don't know where they all went. Like I eat that stuff in a blackout. I can't stop once I start. Um, and my food plan is three meals a day and up to three snacks. Um, it's funny, 11 years absent and I still get scared when I get really hungry. <laughs> like I'm going to die. Like there's some visceral, physical, reptilian response that I think I'm gonna die of starvation. And one of my friends who's in recovery in another program, he's always like, well, you know, it would take weeks for you to die. I'm like, yeah, but it, it'll only take a few more minutes for me to get homicidal. So, so let, let's find some food fast. Um, and so if, if my food is getting sexier, or a little weight is inching on, then I know that there's an underlying spiritual issue that I need to take a look at. You know, I came to OA because I'd yo-yo dieted up and down and up and down, 30, 50, 80 pounds over and over again. I had sizes two through 20 in my closet. And I thought if I could just figure out the food, the right exercise program or whatever that was then then i could be okay and you know it took me 10 years of working the steps in another program surrendering my life you know my will and my life to my higher power except for food addiction and body obsession and total insanity around food um you know to realize you know i gained and lost that 60, 70, 80 pounds every other year, 10 years working the steps in another program. So um, the first thing I have to do to do the spiritual work in this program is abstain from my alcoholic foods, the, the sweets and the chips and crackers. Cause if I'm high on M&Ms, I can't connect with God and I can't hear you and your guidance to help me. Um, so that's another one. As soon as I'm obsessed with with my weight, what size my clothes are, my body image, whatever that is, that's a that's a recipe for a prelapse for me. Um, this week, one of my sponsees is getting ready for surgery. And she said, should I start weighing again every week just to keep, I, I need to get a little weight off of and I said, Absolutely not. No. And so what did I do? I walked in the bathroom and looked at the scale and thought, you know what? I think I've taken a few pounds off. I feel really good. Like my clothes fit nice. I, and I got on the scale and weighed exactly the same. And then I was instantly crazy. Like, oh my God, I thought I was like five pounds lighter. Like <laughs> I'm healthy. My clothes fit. I felt good about myself. And as soon as I make it about a number, I'm screwed. And I, I did it. I gave someone else the right guidance and didn't, didn't take it myself. So <clears throat> that to me, is is a sign of a prelapse. Anything I focus on that's external instead of my spiritual program of action is, is setting myself up for, for pre lapse. You know, my first OA sponsor, I was like, what do I eat? How much do I eat? How many calories? How much do I work out? Is that exercise bulimia? What should I do? What should I? And she just she'd say, take a breath. If you do the spiritual program of action, physical recovery, and your body weight, and the food will all fall into place. And I thought that was the most insane thing I'd ever heard. And that is exactly what my experience was. You know, I lost the first 65 pounds eating some pretty hearty meals. They were abstinent meals. There were no, none of my alcoholic foods in there, but they were pretty buttery, you know, meaty, like they were, but I wasn't face down in the Porto's bakery case, you know, eating an extra 3000 calories a day. So the weight started to come off. And I always thought I had to like hardcore diet to lose weight. And I eat like a man today. Like I, I, you know, work out a lot. I have, I, I did that 23 and me test and they send you like genetic components about yourself. And they sent me an email and said, you're genetically predisposed to be 18% underweight. And I thought, well, I I'm really an overachiever to be almost a hundred pounds overweight. Like I had to work hard. (laughs) Like that's, that's against my genetic nature. But, um, yeah, I, I just can't focus on those external things. And, I like the words, the lesson in the journey, because this is a journey. And, and my journey has been my journey for the last 11 years. Um, when people say, oh, well, I ate a piece of cake, but if you're driving from New York to LA and get a flat tire, you don't go back to New York and start over. Like that's, that's not my experience. I, I am an addict with food. If I eat a piece of cake, I broke my abstinence. And if I ate that, there's, I'm probably going to eat the whole rest of it. You know, I've, I've, I've supported friends in program through physical relapse. And, and two of my friends I watched put on a hundred pounds in just a few months. And, and that's the way I eat. If I eat my alcoholic foods, then that. That would be my physical experience as well. But I also know I don't have any arrogance about my recovery because we we're all one bend of the elbow away, one bite of alcoholic food away, like this close to burning my whole life to the ground, immediate, like instantly becoming completely self, you know, self-destructive and self-obsessed and, and being on that, that fast train to hell. So When I see, when I see these things pop up, it's actually really simple. What was I doing before when I felt more connected with my higher power, my fellows, less self-obsessed, less in the food, comfortable in my skin? What was I doing before that I didn't do, you know, I'm not doing today? Was it going to more meetings? Was it more writing and step work? Was it being of service in program? Was it making outreach calls? Like I was, I was doing something before when it was working that I, that I'm not doing today when it's not, it's really that simple most of the time. And I want to continue to be willing to do the spiritual work and dig deeper and peel open those layers, you know, uncover, discover and discard because I'm always a work in progress. And, you know, most days I don't have food obsession and most days I eat the food that I planned and it tastes good. I also, it can't be like a diet to me when I was bodybuilding and things, I would like choke down boiled chicken and boiled broccoli. And when I was hardcore dieting, I would eat tiny little meals and be hungry and punish myself. Like my food has to taste good today, but it also has to be abstinent. Um, but I have to continue to do this spiritual program of action because there is always more freedom on the other side and, you know, whatever the issue is like right now I'm, I'm working with my sponsor and my therapist, you know, dealing with childhood trauma and the triggers that came from that in romantic relationships, like it's it's PhD recovery shit that I didn't want to take a look at ever, but I, I want the freedom. I want the connection. So I'm willing to do that work. And there's always more freedom on the other side. Like if my life stayed exactly the way it is today in recovery, like feeling comfortable in my skin, being of service and programming out in the world, having wonderful friends and family and great relationships now, because I've changed and transformed into the person that God intended me to be, that would be enough. But I really believe that my higher power, your higher power, whatever your concept of higher power is wants us to get out of our own way so that we can live the biggest, most beautiful, happy, joyous, free lives that we can possibly have. You know, I don't think higher power wants us just to exist or just to get by or just, you know, sit sit, sit at home thinking when I get to goal weight, then I can have my life. Then I deserve the man, the job, the happiness, the money, whatever. Like I did when I was in the food and before I started this journey, in spiritual recovery, um, the re I, you know, I have a decade more recovery in another program, but I'm not afraid of a cocktail. Like it doesn't even cross my mind. I'm 11 years in, I'm still terrified of a cupcake. Like I, I don't want to touch it and hand it to the kids. Like, <laughs> like I just, I, I, I have, real respect it's not like paralyzing fear it's like I respect what you can do to me if if I'm not taking care of myself and um you know if I look at the time at some of the things I've been through in recovery on this journey and um and my I hope you're timing me you know my mother okay fine my mother having ALS and losing her, losing my dog, the guy not showing up for me, getting injured and having emergency surgery, like all of these, you know, big, scary life things. Like if, if I can't get willing to do the spiritual work when those things happen, I have to have it already banked before hell breaks loose in my life and, and whatever I need to deal with is there. Um, I think part of the journey to preventing relapse and staying out of prelapse lapse is, is allowing in the love and support that others want to give me. And during those hard times, I learned how to do that. I was always great, you know, do you need support, outreach calls, ride to the meeting take the service position, like whatever that was. But I wasn't very good at asking for the help and support that I needed until my life was on fire. (laughs) And, you know, but, but I learned how I learned how quickly and you all, especially with my mom, that was like my two greatest fears were losing my mom and my dog dying. And they both happened in the same year and you all literally carried me and checked on me and brought me phone meetings you know I, and and checked in on my food dropped off food you carried me until i could get back on my feet and um, and it was hard even with a lot of spiritual recovery and and uh, and you know a lot of meetings and written step work and service in the bank. So everything that I'm doing to support my recovery is working today. Um, Could I do a little less and get away with it? Or, you know, maybe, but what if I can't? You know, it maybe, but what if I, I feel the same way, like about look-alike desserts. People are like, well, do you eat sugar-free, fat-free, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no could I get away with it? Maybe. But what if it triggered me? What if the craving and the obsession came back and I was at risk of losing this beautiful life that I have in recovery, you know? And, um, I think the fellowship in this program is so loving and supportive and it's so easy if we're willing to let the love in to have the support that we need. So when we're struggling, with, with obsessive food thoughts or slippery. I just call it slippery. Like if, if things start looking too sexy or my meals are getting a little bigger or whatever that is, things are looking slippery, then I need to get honest and reach out and ask for help. Um, my recovery in Overeaters Anonymous is one of the greatest gifts of my life. And it, it's open doors and opened my heart and mind in ways that I couldn't have imagined. And I know we're all eligible for the physical relapse if we don't recognize the prelapse and do the spiritual plan of action that is laid at our feet. Um, I love all of you. I'm happy to be here connected with you today. I'll put my number in the chat. I have another commitment I have to run to after one o'clock. So after the break, I'm gonna have to go. But if any of you wanna reach out to me later, you are welcome to reach out to me and um, thank you for letting me share my experience, strength, and hope. I hope some of it helped you today. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Kim. Can you guys hear me? I'm navigating. All right. Yay. Thank you. I think we finally got it. So, um, you know, that was, so thank you, Kim, for that. That was amazing. Um, One of the things that You know, her story just really resonates. it just shows me, you know, hold on, (laughs) let me be fully transparent. But sometimes when I'm I'm a special events coordinator and a lot of these things, like it's kind of like from a selfish point of view for me sometimes. I I get to do service and it's like so selfish for me because like some of these messages that I hear and the speakers that I choose is like I need to hear them for me. You know what I mean? And it's just so, like, the messages are so perfect, you know, because sometimes when we do this work and it's like, oh, you know, we sit on our laurels and we think, like, we're better now. We're better now. And then you're like, oh, you you slip on doing your meditation, slip on doing your writing, you slip on doing, you know, weighing and measuring your food or pre-planning your food or whatever is connecting with your sponsor and taking the phone calls for outreach. And it's like, you can see, like, for myself, I slowly start seeing myself slip back into these old things. And especially when I'm doing like a lot of heavy work. And I myself, you know, I go outside of the OA box and the OA room itself gave me enough courage and bravery in myself to be able to seek outside help, to go to a therapist, to, to do the PTSD, to do EMDR, you know? And, and those things are not easy because we're really tapping into another subconscious part of us that lends to this road now where we're always like, medicating ourselves through our addictions, through food. You know, I myself, I'm, I'm a multiple cross sector too, you know, and it's like I use everything and anything to feel good. Like I joke about being a binge shopper, a bulimic shopper. Like I'll buy stuff on sale, like oh it's all mine and I can't afford it. But it felt good at that moment and I have to return it. And the looks on people's faces when they see me do this like massive return. But that's the, the point the one when I'm trying to say that it's like, you know, I felt so horrible inside because instead of dealing with those things head on, I, I masked them through different things and the food was one of them, you know, and the same thing with yo-yo dining went up and down, up and down and I know that pain too well and that's why I'm here doing service and like I said it's so selfish of me but it's so rewarding to hear everybody's you know see everybody's faces here to hear the recovery and you know to hopefully like to feel that one day like one of the things I'm saying to myself is just wake up and feel good for no purpose than just existing to not ask for validation for me being me because my higher power gave me that validation already you know and that's like my goal like right now is just to be like okay with myself and in my skin and just like Kim said it's just like one of those most powerful gifts that we can ever get is that from that program you know so Kim thank you so much for that um we're gonna move in to the seventh tradition but while we do that I really want you guys and because we sit all day long our bodies, not only is ourselves, our mind trapped, and our, you know, but our bodies trapped because we all day long, we sit, we sit and we look at TV, we're working, whatever it is. So I want you guys to encourage you guys right now, take a moment to just get up, move a little bit, let, you know, our last speaker, like those words, just like power beam through it, like go through every point of view and just let it go through. It. And just like the, the movement, let's just get like moving a little bit. And, you know, if you can stretch or whatever, I will put some music on, but I'm on my phone. So that's not going to work out. But I would just really encourage this moment to just get up and just stretch and feel your body, feel the way you feel in your body right now, how your hair feels, how your finger feels, how your back feels, everything, you know, how your heart feels, you know, because those are really powerful things to help you get to the moment that you need, you know. (sighs) All right. We're going to go boxing, whatever. To, we can fight this relapse moment if you want to, because I'll fight it with you. We're all here fighting it together with you, you know? And so it's just a really, and that's a part, like this movement right now is very powerful. Even if, you know, even if it's just small, you know, it is very powerful because you're bringing your awareness back to your body. You bring yourself back to your body and you are bringing everything back to yourself and that power that you can from, the relapse that takes you away from being away from yourself you're bringing it back to yourself to feel yourself again to get to know yourself to get to know your triggers to get to know what it is that takes care of who you are before you get into that relapse you know and that's such a powerful gift right now just to know yourself on this different level that god created you this way he didn't make any mistakes he she it universe Light did not make a mistake the way that we were created it's up to like it's for us to finally open up that box of us you know that box and let us let ourselves out and free ourselves in a different way where we're like we can finally exist with no other reasons than just to exist because this is how the universe created us to be you know and it's such a powerful gift instead of like changing ourselves and manipulating ourselves to fit to this box you know. So thank you for indulging that moment with me. Um, I think that helped me more. (laughs) So um, let's take this moment to do the seventh tradition. Mara is gonna put up the um, information for Skippy. Thank you so much for being here with us. and this is, you know, you can do it by donor box, PayPal, or Zelle, um, and then also if you do old school way, you can do it by mailing the check in to us if you want. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't do the checks, but that works out too. Whichever way, but you know, those those things the donation helps keep our rooms open. You know, and the, but this this workshop is just free to open for whoever needs it. And I definitely and right now I need to hear these words of um, this workshop. So, thank you, Mara, for that. Um let's take right now to do the third step prayer God I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as I wrote relieve me from the bondage of self that I may better do thy will take away my difficulties as victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and my way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. Thank you, Mara. Thank you for your service and doing that. Okay. Um, Before we go into our next speaker, I really want to check in. How does everybody feel? You know, um, do you feel connected with yourself? Do you feel connected with the messages? Do you just feel connected with your higher power that they're being in this room right now? Thumbs up, maybe? Yeah thank you thank you thank you um program has been such a powerful gift for me because it really opened up because when i was in the food and any of my addictions i was in this tiny little box and i would have never got to meet people like kim or domingo or mara or lorraine or diana like i would have never got to see any of beautiful faces because i was in the food and like the food just kept me so isolated and, you know, in my own little world, trying to avoid any mistakes or any way of living life. So I'm just grateful just to be here and be of service to you. Um, when that those thoughts that keeps me in the isolation, um, those negative thoughts, like our, maybe they come from our childhood or whatever traumas that we may carry and they continuously loop in our heads. Um, one of the things for me is when i hear some speakers when they drop these little gems you know or you know even the models of words like one day at a time and instead of looping some of the, the triggers and some of the things that keeps me trapped in the isolation and then avoidance is when i see some of your faces when I hear of, remember some of your stories, um, you know, or some of these slogans that keeps me like one day at a time. I got gifted <laughs> from doing one of these workshops. I got gifted. Someone gave me a cup one day at a time. And I drink out of that cup. And we're like, one day at a time. We're going to get this, you know. And I don't have to fight knuckle it anymore because these rooms are so powerful, you know. And it, like. Kim said, it just saved my life. Like it just, just gave me a different gift of life and it, it saved my life. And I'm so grateful just to be here and be of service. So um, I'm gonna check in a little bit with everybody and see how everybody's feeling. And you know, and I see a lot of smiling, beautiful smiling faces. And I'm just glad you're here. Did anyone wanna just check in real quick or good? Okay, so Domingo, you're up a little early. I don't know if you mind jumping in a little early. Okay, great. So our next speaker is Domingo R. He's such an amazing person. I met him also here in the room. Obviously, we're all here. I met you guys all here. <laughs> so so Domingo, um, timer. Um, I didn't ask this for Kim earlier, but do you want to be timing if it's 5, 10, 15.
2: Just let me know when five minutes are uh, on left, yeah. please.
0: Great, you got it.
2: Thank you. And just for my just for me, I'm gonna set my own time to just because uh, I could start. Uh, stories that that I will not end <laughs> I won't have time to end hi everybody my name is Domingo compulsive overeater how's everybody doing hi it's good to see everybody uh my abstinence date is April 30th 2009 I'm a 100 pounder I've been relieved of about 145 pounds I sponsor man And um, I'm really grateful. Thank you, Mai, for your service. Thank you for asking me to um, come and um, share my experience, strength, and hope. And uh, I'm just going to talk about, you know, keep it simple. Uh, I'll try to stick to the topic as best I can, but don't be surprised if I float back and forth. I just do that and go on tangents. Sometimes I don't make my way back to the main point. So that's okay. So in terms of the, well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. You know, I started compulsively overeating because I just was so scared and uncomfortable and nervous and fearful as a kid. um, I started compulsively overeating when I was about five or six. I remember that I came back from first um, grade summer vacation into second grade and everybody looked at me. Uh, with wide eyes wondering what had happened to me. Uh, You know, they didn't say it, but their eyes told me uh, uh, that, uh, you know, what the hell happened to you, dude? Who are you? Like, wow, like like I had made, you know, an incredible transformation in whatever uh, summer vacation is two, two and a half months. And I don't know how much weight I had gained, but I turned into somebody completely different. Uh, And I don't even know um, what happened particularly long story short it doesn't matter that didn't turn me into a compulsive overeater i just became a compulsive overeater because i used food to um help me get through life in all kinds of different ways and it was my companion and it got me go through difficulties and it got me through the good times and the bad times and the medium times It it was just there and at some point i crossed an invisible line and ta-da, I'm a compulsive overeater. I n- now something that became a choice, you know, food. Uh, I was using it as a tool. Now became something that I had no choice in. And that for me, that's that's the uh, definition of a compulsive overeater. It's not somebody who's heavy or overweight or whatever the case might be, because um, i I'm, I've been I've been at a quote-unquote normal weight uh, for 12 years now, and I, 12 years maybe this would be 13. I'm not sure. Um, But, uh, but I'm still a compulsive overeater. I know that I see it. I see the craziness when it comes to food. Um, And I don't try to blend in. I don't try to blend in. Uh, You know, when I was thinking about relapse, I was thinking about the first. So number one, so that's kind of me as a compulsive overeater. I mean, uh, decades of trying to manage it, uh, uh, exercise bulimia, um, you know, Insane things like now for today, you know, God has restored me to some level of sanity because even in program, I was like, oh, part of my now this is my story, my experience, part of my I know, you know, exercise needs to be part of weight management. It's just, you know, I hear it, I read it, it's just, but that hasn't been my story, you know, I've tried to incorporate exercise in part of my weight management, but it, it didn't work in recovery and it didn't work before recovery. And fortunately, any weight that I've lost and maintained has has been um you know has has not been uh because of any type of exercise thankfully, so I know for me it's not necessary um I can't speak about the human race, but I know for me it's not necessary and I'm thankful because part of my being restored to sanity is like uh. I used to think insanity was like, oh, well, you eat and then you don't exercise. No, how about I don't eat the extra calories and then I don't have to burn them off. How about that? Like, how about that? It, well, I never, you know, that seemed insane to me. No, I mean, uh, no, you just, you know, you got to have exercise in there because you can't like, ban it, you know, you can't, you don't have the power. And I didn't, I didn't have the power to maintain sort of a caloric intake. So that never that thought never came to mind. But that's one of the things that really saves me. It's like, how about I don't do the crazy uh, you know, ask my higher power to give me the power to not do the crazy act in the first place, like leading tons of calories that I don't need. And then i don't have to burn them off you know like maybe save myself the time the effort and the isolation because it's all about isolation with compulsive overeating and compulsive exercising and this and this disease it's all about being disconnected it's all about isolation in all kinds of forms um putting myself thinking myself trying to be the best quote unquote the best or trying to be good or trying to excel those all sound fantastically good things right those are things. People are awarded for, you know, my kid, blah, 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 you know, um, you know, those little signs. And and if somebody has that, please, I'm not, I'm just saying, you know, for me, I didn't see it in the spirit in which it's probably done. It's like, hey, we want to recognize somebody who's really excelling and we want to encourage them that may, you know, that, Okay. But I, I, I don't I don't do well with kind of saying ideas, you know, for me, it's I got to do this. I got to excel. But guess what? That's isolation. That's me leaving the group behind. I'm up here or I'm way down here. And then the group is somewhere else. And I'm either up you know, above or below. So it's all about isolation. This disease is all about isolation in the heart. It's about there's only one problem. There's only one solution. Connectivity. The a solution, a conscious contact with my higher power, and the one, the only single problem, is uh, conscious uh, separation from, from your power, from you guys, from myself. You know, a lot of. It wasn't until I got here that I started learning who I who I was. You know, and that's been an interesting journey and one that, um, one that I I like and enjoy now. And it's it's like evergreen. You know, like uh, I don't. I was always trying to figure myself and other people out. And then I don't know, you know, first A, I don't have to try to figure people out because I don't, when I'm speaking for myself, I didn't even know what I was doing. So how can other people figure me out if I myself didn't figure, I don't have myself figured it, figured out. And so I turned that around, like how, you know, I can't figure other people out if they may not even know what why they do what they do so um because i certainly don't i have um sometimes i have you know i have things in my past that that um emotional you know i heard the speaker before me say that lizard brain i I know she didn't say that specifically but yeah i have emotions that just take over they're they're like a little army and they're always at the ready at any time i get a little triggered or get into a tough situation you know, they sound the alarm, and before I know it, they they're running the show. And that's where pausing, you know, slowing down, really helps me out. That's where my life is is. Uh, that's where a big, big focus of my life is today. Slowing down, recognizing abundance. I didn't realize how blind to abundance I was. But like I said, a little restoration to sanity, because of course. Maybe if I looked at things on the outside, I could see that I was blind to abundance. Because why would I run around like a crazy person if I realized everything was already taken care of? You know, if I just stopped and looked instead of continually, you know, striving, uh, more certifications, you know, more whatever, you know, more external things, more improvements more blah 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 so again all those things you know um uh they're not bad in itself food isn't bad in itself it's how i used it as a compulsive overeater so i've got about six minutes i want to talk specifically about relapse you know the one thing that We could speak about relapse is uh, I've been in three, I'm in three programs. So my story in in OA is, you know, I came in, I tried to do it myself for 30 days. I white knuckled it and I knew I was going to fail. So I got a sponsor and then and then I started turning over my food, meaning the control. Basically, he told me what he said, here's a food plan, eat this. Uh, And then I asked how long do I have to eat this? He goes, you know, just for today. Fortunately, I had people in my life in recovery who, who had a lot of experience with relapse, and so I'll share, I'll share the best of what they shared with me, a, one day at a time. But don't think um, don't you have enough problems for today? Don't you have enough to do for today? Uh, not, for, uh, let's not let's worry about tomorrow's t- stuff, which may or may not come tomorrow. Let's just you know, what do you need to do right now? Have you taken a shower? Do you need to go to work? You know? Um, what, you know, you know, are you driving? Should you concentrate on the road, blah, blah, blah. So just for today, just for right now. Um, and that got me to where I didn't want to even think about, you know, what's the next step in my recovery? What's going to, what step? blah, blah, blah going to do? Because that's never, that's forecasting, looking into the future has, hasn't helped me out. Not in the way that I use it as a compulsive overeater. Uh, don't take credit for God's work in your life. Um, that's another major thing, you know, when things start working as a compulsive overeater, right? Where my ego has driven the show for most of my life. It's easy. My, my ego can turn anything, compliment, uh, things happening good in my life, recovery, anything. It can turn anything, anything good or bad or different. It could turn all of it into it for its purposes. And things going good. Hey, I'm, Hey, I'm starting to lose weight. I've, you know, maintained a weight, you know, for blah, 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 so many years. Hey, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, might, it might get me to think that it's, you know, it's easy to think, Oh, well, you know, I can handle this. You know, maybe I made a big, why did I, I, I might've made a too big of a deal of it at the beginning. So not taking credit for my higher powers work in my life. um, abstinence is very important it's my ticket for life uh for for living meaning if i if i'm not abstinent today and i have to know when i'm abstinent so my abstinence has to be very clear so that means i have to have some very clear boundaries around my abstinence um uh, for me because if i if it's if it's vague i mean i might think i might think that i you know that i went a little a little off, you know, uh, because I'm vague. And then before you know it, one year, two years, three down, three years down the road, you know, where the, where I need, let's say I needed to go in this direction, you know, if I were off a little bit, you know, I'm, I want to go, I want to go to Oregon and I'm over, I'm over in New York. You know, and that's not where I want to be. You know, I was trying to head. I was trying to head for peace and serenity in Oregon. Not, not, nothing bad about Oregon and New York, but yeah, I wound up in the busy city of New York where I didn't want to be, where I didn't want to be. And then I, you know, I wake up to that fact a few years later. So, um, so it's got to be clear. And uh, what was my point? Um, I don't know what my point was. See, I lost my point. See, I was talking about talking about that. I was talking about it's got to be clear. I was talking about my apps and speak Oh, it's just, it. but it's it, all it does is get me to zero. Get me to zero. You know where I could, you know, be semi not distracted or not distracted at all, and I have an opportunity to connect with other people. You know, and and actually, you know, um, be be kind and empathetic with myself, and learn to be kind and empathetic with others, and uh, develop a, and foster a relationship with a God mind understanding, which is the price of the program. You know, it's easy to go, okay, well, I've got 12 years of abstinence. You know, it's not, it's not everything. My abstinence is not my higher power. You know, my abstinence is a tool that enables me to connect with my higher power. Because when I'm in the food, I mean, I'm in spiritual. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm scared. My tunnel vision, it's the lizard brain. It's um, that lizard brain in full force. It's martial law they've shut me out. I'm, uh, what, a you know, I, I gotta be, you know, they, I'm shuttered in my home and they're running the streets with tanks and, uh, there's no way for me to get control, you know, regain control. And I need a power greater than myself. And, um, the one thing I will say is, uh, you know, the realization, you know, trying harder is the opposite of of what i know works for me today trying harder is actually um is actually the problem or uh it's trying harder is not the solution it's it's doing less for me it's doing less it's giving up control or the idea that i have control it's realizing that i'm really powerless then that's that all that becomes the engine for me to go okay well uh, you know I, sh- I, I really need this meeting but you know what I know people are saying i can eat just a little bit but i know that i can't you know let, let me not fool myself um let me not go to this situation let me not go to this party or let me not hang around these people because it's really difficult to be around them because uh my serenity and my abstinence is um uh, is endangered you know when I'm around them, I, I it, you know, I don't have to be the hero in recovery, you know, I don't have to be a hero, I don't have to and I know my time's almost up, I think, right? Okay, so I'll wrap up by saying it is, um, it is my relationship with Ocado, of my own understanding that tells me that, you know, that he's already given me everything, And if I just pause, and I just kind of realize it, and then um, that helps me to not strive as much. And to find the peace and serenity today, despite whatever my physical body looks like, or whether I'm in or out of, um, recovery and, uh, and that's, that's really a good prize that, that is really why I came into Oedies Anonymous, even though I didn't know that's what I really wanted Uh, because I had weight loss before I had been a Marine. I had been in a, in really good shape and that didn't solve me and neither did eating all the food that I wanted to eat that didn't do it for me or it would have done it for me and I would have walked out and walked onto the sunset happy joyous and free and that's that that wasn't my story with the food so I'm grateful I get to do that today with all you guys and with the help of my higher power thanks I pass thank
1: you Domingo thank you for
0: that um before we go into our next speaker i just really want to touch base with exactly what domingo said and i myself i've been a program six seven six years actually i just collected my first year my six-year chip on march 12th and you know thank you thank you um even being in and out of rooms like in the rooms i can never say out because like every time i go out something always pulls me back in a phone call from somebody you know like a nudge like god's like poking at me like Hey, call me. Go go to the meetings. But you know what Domingo really said? It really resonated. Was like, do the work. Like you know, and that sometimes we do extra work, thinking like it's gonna fix us. Like the calories. Like uh, okay, I'm gonna like over exercise and. This is enough, like like for me, like I said, I'm an addict of all kinds. Anything that makes me feel good. If I eat 10,000 calories, let me try to check that by trying to burn off 10,000 calories, right? On the exercise machine, doing hits, yoga. Like I am a yoga freak. Like I do hot yoga too, right? And it's like, I'm burning sweat there. I'm doing hit. I'm doing, you know, lifting weights and everything. But here's the thing. God didn't build us that way. You know, to for us to just pound ourselves and beat ourselves up, like he actually, like he, she, it, universe actually wants us to live from that place of abundance, that place of like knowing that there is more than enough. You don't have to do anything for it, but just exist, just be you. You know, you don't have to eat that extra cake or that thing that's ten thousand calories that make you feel good. You don't have to go to the gym for twenty thousand hours. You don't have to buy that thing that's on sale that's gonna make you feel. Just be you. And it's so crazy because we got, we're in this world where it's like we're trying to figure everybody else out what they want us to be. And then more and more and more we get further away from ourselves, and the more and more it makes us feel bad because we no longer know who we are. And the more that we dig or deep into the food or whatever it is the addiction is, you know, to take us away from this person that we no longer know, you know. And one of the things that I really want to harness in this power of the relapse is that. When we go through this rigorous program, you know, and it's so simple, our program is so simple, but yet it's the hardest thing, like I'm cursing, but it's like the hardest thing you could ever do in your life because it brings us back to ourselves. And one of the things I, you know, like one of the things I say is like, I give love freely to every other person, but it's easier for those people to love me than for me to love myself. But someone had once said that it's easier for me to love another person than for me to love myself, you know? And so like, when I heard those words, I was like, wow, it's so true. And that's why I was running away constantly, consistently with the food, the party, the alcohol, the shopping, anything, anything under this moon sun that made me take me away from myself, you know? And um, through everything. And I realized like my sponsor, He's so amazing. He's like the slowest of the slow. Like, you know, the rabbit in the hair. And it's like the hair, like he's like running really fast. And he's like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to have time. And you have the the turtle that just literally, just like our program says, one step at a time. One, you know, you know just one day at a time. And he's like this slow, like my sponsor's like very slow. And then when he answers, I'm like, hurry up. Like when I first got my sponsor, I was like, hurry up. Like, just, just give me the answer. Just give me the pill. Just give me the magic pill. But, you know... There is no magic pill. And it is when we slow down and listen to ourselves and listen to who we are to listen to how our higher power has created us to be because this is the greatest gift where we can harness our own power, you know, through these moments where we call them relapses, but they're not really relapses. This is the moment that brings us back to ourselves because it's so, we've been taught for so long that it's not okay for us to be us that we need to go to other things to make us feel good. You know what I mean? But that's not the truth. And it's these these moments of keep consistently doing the work and keep consistently just tapping into ourselves that bring us back to ourselves, you know? That brings all of it back. And then finally, one day, we can just be happy for our existence because like Domingo said, that's like, to live in abundance is so awkward. To love myself is so awkward, you know? But what's the other lattice to hate myself and to be back faced out of the food? And what did Kim say earlier, faced out of the portals bakery? Like, do you really want that to eat 10,000, 3,000 more calories and then work it off at the gym? Like, that doesn't feel like a good time to me, you know? But that's what we were taught like to go in this hamster wheel over and over and over again and try to. But why is it not okay for me just to be me and do the work that I need to do to maintain myself? So the only way that I can do that is to get to know myself better. Right. And to get to know myself better is the hardest thing ever. Right. And that's what brings us back into our moments to hide from ourselves. Because what it is, what is it that my wants? What's the life that my wants to live? Because I've been living my life for everybody else. But then when I got to this, this program, I realized like I got to this room because of my kids. And I wanted my kids to not suffer from this disease. And then my son, the other day I had asked him, I said, what's your favorite thing to do? His name is Marley. Marley, what's your favorite thing to do? And he said to me, and I know this is my son, right? He said to eat and to play video games. And I was like, oh, I went into this program to stop it. So you don't have that. But, you know, he is who he is. And just to accept him for that moment. And that's okay. We all enjoy food, but it's to not make food where we're running away and hiding ourselves. But we can enjoy whatever it is that we're eating, and it's so delicious, and it's okay. But um, you know, but thank you for that. Thank you for all for being here again. And you know, the next person that I have as a speaker, she has an incredible story that's just so amazing, and I'm just so. And all that I got her today to see because I was like, you have to go. So, but um, the next speaker we have is Carla. Carla, I'm sorry, I ran over your time by three minutes, but it's all yours.
3: (laughs) Very funny. (laughs) Hi, y'all. It is so good to see the familiar faces. You know, I love you all. And it's so good to see unfamiliar faces. I love you too. Uh, My name is Carla. I'm a compulsive overeater, for sure. Um, I uh I came into skivvy um 3 years ago in January of 19 19 what of 2019 um so I was here for the pandemic and uh this is this is my home inner group so um I'm really happy to be here and uh, I'm really blessed that my asked me to share some of my story of relapse with you it's I don't know some of us, you know, it's going to be the same, and some of us, it's going to be really different. But um, I, I originally came into the program sometime around 1991. I was a single working chick. I was a chemist at the time. Um, I had been overweight forever. There was no Marines in my background that I got fit for. I didn't get fit for anybody. Um, I hadn't been fit since I was probably six. I was an overweight child. Um, I had a top weight at that point of 220 pounds. Um, in, uh, in my mid twenties, I made some changes. I, I lost some weight and I got my first boyfriend. And when that ended in disaster, I became deeply depressed. I knew I would die if I didn't look after myself. I started working out and I lost a lot of the excess weight and, uh, that was that was without program and that was uh just just you know out of out of a sense of survival that uh somewhere in my psyche i was able to find um i took a european vacation with a girlfriend and i started eating crazy again cuz you know those europeans they uh their masters at making uh very sugary brown substances and boy i bought a lot of that and i brought a lot of that home for gifts right as gifts yeah you know who it was a gift for it was a gift for me i ate most of it i gave them very small amounts away (laughs) that that's a theme that runs a lot through my eating history so um that really scared me that really scared me. I saw, I saw some of the weight coming back on and I just did not, I really didn't wanna go back up to that uh, 220 pounds. Cause I really liked the way I looked. I wasn't thin exactly, but I sure looked better than I did at 220 pounds. So I came to OA the first time there, and I found my people there. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I worked alongside them. I took a one-year trip. I, I ended up in the HOW program, if you, anyone knows what that is. That's, you know, the some people call it the Nazi version of OA, but they are very strict. They have their own food plan. You're going to stick to it, or you're not going to be in HOW so i i was in how i had a How sponsor i had a how food plan i did several meetings a week this was in orange county you know there were meetings all the time anywhere um i could leave for lunch at work and go to a meeting close by it was great um i was working the how 12 steps with and uh did the how four step inventory if you've ever seen that that's like 120 grueling questions um did all of that? I gave that inventory away to my uh, to my sponsor with step five, and that's the last step I remember working um, because at that point I met him in the rooms, um, and uh, we were both on a losing abstinence. We were unified on the health plan. We were satisfied. It was it was enough. You know that food was enough. It was good for us. Um, my house sponsor told me not to get into a relationship, but what did she know? He was in program. What's the problem? And that's when things changed. That's when things changed. And what was it that changed? You know, I was there. You'd think I know. I don't know what changed. I don't know what changed at that point because I I never made a decision to quit away. You know, I what seemed to happen more was i let the other areas of my life crowded out and i'd been a lifelong human doing rather than a human being and in the preparations for the wedding and then we had ex-wife issues and then we did the kids thing we had we both had full-time jobs um the jobs changed there were job transitions relocations All of that, I lost any focus I had on self-care. I was consumed with caring for everyone else around me, and that was to my own devastation. So meetings became optional, and then they were just too hard to fit in. There was less and less time to prep food, and I let that monster back into my life with a vengeance. And because for me, eating was somehow all bundled up into self-pity, and an indulgent love and self-hate, I ate my way up to 330 pounds. I do have a picture of that. So let me pull that up just real quick. It's not pretty, but there it is. So that's me. I look happy, right? But I wasn't. So let me go back. Um, I had trouble finding clothes. Um, I had to use handicap stalls and restrooms. I needed seatbelt, extenders, and cars and planes. You know the drill, you know, when you're that heavy. My knees were becoming arthritic, and my feet were collapsing from the pressure. Uh, My blood sugars crossed over into the uh, over the 200-point mark. Uh, for a fasting blood sugar, got up to 285. I, I raised my children to eat compulsively. I brought my daughter with me to this inner group around 11 years ago. She wasn't interested and I was too busy to come just for me. So um, the next to the last house on the block for me was bariatric surgery and although i knew it was a stopgap measure for diabetics it was not a cure for my insanity around food at the back of my mind through the entire process i knew OA was my only hope OA was the last house on the block the surgery did give me free reign to eat what i felt like until it didn't it took about two years for my blood sugars to start heading north again. I mean, it did resolve them. It got them back down into you know, low hundreds and below, but, but it took about two years of eating and they started to head north again. Um, I found a meeting. I identified a meeting Friday noon at Skivy, I found it. That was my meeting. I was gonna go there. I was gonna go there. I was gonna go there, but I didn't go. And I didn't go, and I didn't go. There came a time at home when crazy broke loose at my house and my family was in shambles. And I again had that impulse for self-preservation that had saved me before. I walked back into that Friday meeting on January 4th of 2019, 26 years after I had walked away, 26 years, and this time, I came in with the gift of desperation. This time, I knew where this path was leading, that long, slow, debilitating death that we choose to face rather than recover. I made a decision to set aside everything that my engineering, college-educated brain knew and opened my ears to whatever you guys had to tell me. And I listened like my life depended on it because it did. I've gone through all 12 steps three times with three different sponsors in the three years since I returned. And each time I've experienced a transformation in my mind while either maintaining or losing my weight. I'm down about 50 pounds, a little more than 50 pounds since I walked in in January, 2019. So, you know, not down to a normal weight, but um, it's going in the right direction. And I'm allowing myself the time to get down to a normal weight. I've learned that in this program I've learned that I am salvageable. I am worthy of being saved. I didn't know that. I've learned that my obsession with fear was shutting me off from living my life and from my higher power. I've learned that the love I need from my food is to nourish my body, not to feed my obsession. I've learned that each of my family members has their own higher power that is working with them on their recovery, and it is not me. Nor do I need to interfere with that power's work. I've learned that this life was meant to be faced on God's terms, not mine, and I have faith that whatever comes we'll handle together these are the things i missed my first time around in the program and i don't know how i missed them i i don't know how i spent that many years you know running from my higher power afraid not willing to trust because i wanted to control it was this time around that i that i learned that god's the driver and i'm the passenger you know that that this is his play and i'm a player on his stage. So. And that was such a shift for me. That was such a shift for me. And I have regrets over the 26 years it took me to get back here. Um, what a different life I would have had. You know, what heartache and drama it would have stayed, saved if I would have stayed. You know, would my children be struggling as they do? You know, that's really a tough one. My children are compulsive eaters. You know, they they have been struggling with weight since, you know, third grade. I guess that's a family thing. But uh, one of the ninth step promises is that we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. And that no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. And if I had learned to trust in my higher power and experience the serenity I have today because of it, I don't know that I I would have let my program go back then. If I had learned to see myself as a precious child worthy of care, if I had learned the first time around that I was never meant to take on saving, whoever needed saving, I don't know that I would have let my program go. I know as long as I keep coming back and keep working with a sponsor and with sponsees, if I keep cycling through step 10, keep it clean, step 11, keep connected to my higher power, step 12, be of service to my higher power and others, I will not have to return to the hell that was my compulsive overeating. And that is all I have to say. And thank you for letting me share
0: Thank you so much. That was so powerful. Um, let me turn off the timer so it doesn't go off. <sighs> Carla, that was amazing. And a lot of us can relate to that as us being parents and just being caregivers. You know, we always put our other people aside. And the next, you know, it's like I completely relapsed. Like, how did had that happen? It could be like, what did you say? 30, 20 something years? Yeah. And, you know, but just that our higher power us so much, like, to bring us back, to give us that gift, to come back and give us desperation. And that's exactly why this workshop is here, to show us that it's not a relapse, it's not a weak moment, it's a great gift, that to, to be here, to take care of ourselves in a way that we would never ever able, like you said, that we are salvageable, like to think that we're salvageable, you know? And, but no, that's a gift, like we are meant to exist. We're not broken, but we're meant to exist just exactly the way we are. And as long as we get out of our own way and let God or higher power or universe or light just lead us to exactly where it is, and we don't have to fix anybody or jump through loops or our way through it or exercise it or whatever it is, that we can just exist and that we deserve that time to ourselves to give us, to to do the, the, before the pre-lapse, you know, like Kim said, you know, Domingo just exists, I don't have to exercise 10,000 calories or whatever, you know, but all of this, in Carla, just like, to give yourself that moment, and not to care about everybody else, but to care about you, you know, and that's so powerful. So, the next uh, speaker we have, um, he's incredible, his recovery is incredible too, and I've heard him quite a bit too, and You know, um, I'm just so blessed to hear all these messages all over again. You know, like I said, it's very selfish of me. (laughs) So, but thank you for being here. And you know, so our next speaker is Matt. I think,
4: yeah, there we go. Hi, Matt. Thank you for being here. Matt's Matt's busily unmuting. Hi, everyone. Thank you for for having me and thank you for for the event. Um So um, I came in not really knowing what I was gonna say and now having listened to the other shares, I even more don't know what I'm gonna say. So we'll find out together. Um, I do wanna quickly just pause and say, God, I so well as I'm grateful for the opportunity to be of service because I believe that's your will for me and my primary purpose. And uh, all that I ask is that you guide my words to follow into the ears of at least one person in a way that helps them, and also it would be nice to keep me from saying anything really dumb. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, when when my reached out to me, uh, one of the things I made sure to tell her was, I've never relapsed. I mean, now that that means that I have never broken my abstinence, as I define my abstinence, um, and. It, it's funny how much of, you know, it's like, I, I feel like, in, and I have a lot of people in my life in AA, uh, I feel like in AA, it's just like it's super duper clear, like whether you're abstaining from the thing that you have to abstain from or not. And In our program, you know, as, as we all know, it, it can be trickier. Um, and I'm an addict and a liar. So like, it's important for me to both be honest, but also to be clear with myself and usually with someone else about what my abstinence is and is not. Um, so anyway, I just thought I'd quickly qualify Uh see how this works. Um, so um, I'll share my screen. Oh, host is disabled. OK, uh, then I, I won't do that. Um, so uh, I was born in a normal weight um and uh but you know I was also born I I believe with um with the condition of being a compulsive overeater which I define as for me there are some foods that once I start I can't stop and I can't stop from starting and that's because that's the phrase that qualified me in um because that was the phrase that Like admitting to that was no different than like admitting that I had brown eyes, which I don't know if you can see, they're there, like there's there's the evidence out here. Okay, thank you for that. Let me try and share this. That's the right one. I think this is. You all see that photo of me sitting on my dad's lap? All right, some. someone, okay. So that was me when I was born. I just include these photos because I want you to see what remarkable fashion sense I had when I was in high school. And then this is me at nine top weight in March of 2003, 380 pounds um, and I'm 5'8", so that was a lot. I'm actually at my mom's right now and uh, I know there are some photos of me here, which I don't have of, of me like full body and I really should take some, but I, don't, I didn't have any uh, handy. Um, so, so that was me. Like, clearly, I qualified in, uh, in, in terms of weight. What I didn't understand that I qualified for was in terms of you know, the, the physical allergy, the mental twist. Um, and then, very improbably in February of 2019, I found my way into this, what I sometimes lovingly call this stupid program, because um, it's like having a part time job. Um, and all I get paid in insanity, like, and they don't take that at the grocery store. Um, the, uh, when I, so you know, I had the gastric bypass surgery and I had the full Megilla, like, you know, gutted like a fish, stomach balance, re out the small intestine the whole nine yards. So my relationship with food is a little weird ever since then, I mean, even weirder than it used to be. I dropped about 120 pounds, uh, which meant that I looked more or less like this for um, about 16 years. Um, that, my weight ranged between 250 and 270. Um, when I found my way into this program, uh, for this next photo should be, yeah, this is literally three days before I got up in this program. Um, the, uh, I was probably about 260, 265 pounds. I say probably because, weirdly, at that time in my life, I was not trying to lose weight. I was just you know, kind of doing my thing. Um, and I didn't wind up in the program because I, I didn't come to the vanity. I wound up in the program because this is a true story for reasons, having nothing to do with anyone's recovery and having only to do with my job, which was to support entrepreneurs. I had on a list of things to do, listen to a big book step study on YouTube, which is what I tried to do, but YouTube is owned by Google and Google very helpfully suggested Laurie C's Overeaters Anonymous Big Book Step Study as the very first search result when I searched for big book step study. And, uh, which I thought was a really sweet thing for Google to do. And I didn't want to watch it, but I did. Um, And and when when he said for me, there are some foods that once I start I can't stop and I can't stop from starting, that was the moment when it clicked. And all of my disdain for the program and all of my everything, uh, my contempt prior to investigation, uh, just fell away. Um, And and I kind of fell through a trapdoor. Like I just and and kind of and kept falling. and, and and have continued to except now I don't feel like it's not, like it's not falling. It's just that I'm not really meant to stand on the ground and um, So anyway th- this is me uh, two summers ago or something after coming in that was my that was around my low weight 210 or so but for the sake of rigorous honesty I wanted to include this is a recent picture of me because my weight now is stable at about 220. So um, am I a paragon of, of you know, physical gorgeousness? My answer to that would be, I don't know and I don't care. What I do know is that um, everything from the neck up and everything from you know, like behind the rib cage is so much better than it used to be. Um, so anyway, I will now stop sharing. Um, and, and I mentioned that because uh, you know, there's that saying, I came for the vanity, I stayed for the sanity. I didn't come for the vanity. Um, I came for the sanity. I, like the reason I willingly fell through that trap door and just kept falling was because I wanted, I, the, the, although it's a video on YouTube, you can't see Laurie C. Like I didn't, there's no picture of him. I had no idea what he looked like at that time. And I, I was on a 17 hour drive. I wasn't like even at a computer. Um, but I wanted what I heard in his voice. I wanted the, the sanity and equanimity and contentment and clarity and... Um, and just what I, it was like an utter lack of crazy, which sounded like a foreign language to me. Um, But that's what I wanted. So because I came for the sanity and stayed for the vanity, um, or I think because of that, my view on relapse for myself is this. Um, I assume that I will relapse someday. And to me, I I define relapses as an act of self-will in which I make a choice to without consulting my sponsor first, willingly and knowingly consume a food that I do not eat ever. So if I were to drink a Coca-Cola without my sponsor telling me first, yeah, that seems reasonable, um, that's a relapse. I assume that I will someday because I think, not because I'm planning to, because I'm not, and I don't want to, Um, But I I, I guess I sort of few relapse like that. Like, I'm sure that I'm going to die someday. I don't see a whole lot of point in being wrapped around the axle about it. And in fact, it helps me to not be wrapped around the axle about it. I need to know that my my abstinence is on a low shelf so that when it falls, it, it neither shatters nor kills me. I can just kind of, if I want, pick it up, dust it off. Except that it might be a little dented, but put it right back on the same shelf and get back to work. Because what else is there? right? I mean, like someone said something earlier, I think it was Domingo, and, and it really struck me that, um, and just, I'm not going to be able to sort of evoke it now, but um, I do often describe my program as like, look, the program is not complicated and neither is, um, but neither is how I work my program. Um, I, my, my program sort of comes in three pieces. Abstinence, the things I don't do. Ever. Not sometimes, not most of the time. Not I try not to. Not, like there, my abstinence is I don't ever eat these things or do these things, period. I am a person who does not do those things. So abstinence, diligence, which is the things that I do do. So the, 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 the footwork... You know, is like I, I I do I do a lot and I'll talk about that and what it looks like a bit um, because I believe it's helpful to me and I'm happy to share what I what I share with with anyone who wants it. Um, but it's like when I do these things that I never did before and I and I started doing them during the course of my recovery, until it becomes clear to me that I'm not supposed to do them anymore, I'm supposed to do them differently, I'm just gonna keep doing these things to the best of my ability, because that's what seems to keep me recovered. It's possible some of them are not required, but there's only one way to find out, and I'm not willing to do that. So I can always find out tomorrow and every day after if not praying in the morning makes a big difference to my program if I choose to. But
1: for now, I'm good.
4: And then the last part of my program is vigilance, um, and diligence and vigilance sort of sort of play hand in hand. But you know, like I said, I'm an addict and a liar. And, and the first part of my morning prayers every morning is, is a very stark, strong reminder of that. I have a disease of and it's not my fault, right? I have a disease of perception. I cannot distinguish true from false. So, but the person I'm best at lying to is me. So I need to do certain things to make sure that my scaffolding to maintain my integrity and my honesty is, is intact and not falling into disrepair. Because it's re- I mean, imagine how much my disease would love for me not only to lie about, about what I'm doing, but to lie about the quality of the things that I supposedly do to keep them from falling apart. Like that's, that's, a, that's a winner's game if my disease can play it. So vigilance for me is, is really like my step 11 nightly review. Um, and there's a checklist of things in there that represent the, vigil- the, the diligence, the things I do do. Um, and the vigilance is like checking in regularly to make sure, am I doing these things or not? um and that's that's kind of how i approach all this so um else i want to say about oh you know, i was going to say one one thing that i always like, this is not complicated one thing that i always tell uh new sponsees is uh there there's no there's no there's no moral superiority in um you don't get bonus points for being recovered and, and you don't lose bonus points for being an unrecovered compulsive reader, nor do you lose bonus points or any points or anything for being a compulsive reader or not. Like, I didn't choose this. Who would choose it? Right. I mean, my parents didn't choose it. It wasn't like they ordered me up and it was like, yep, cross these two, you know, these two alleles and yep, he's going to be a compulsive overeater. Um, which is why it makes all the sense in the world to me that only a power greater than myself is going to restore me to sanity because clearly I'm never going to consistently. Um, it's just either true or not true that I qualify. It's either true or not true that I've defined a clear abstinence. It's either true or not true that I'm abiding by it. It's either true or not true that I've worked to continue working the steps to the best of my ability. It's either true or not true that I'm recovered. Like, that's all, that's it. There's no shame in any of that being true or not true for me because it's just, you know, because what would be the point? of that which so like that's like that's sort of why I keep my my absence on a low shelf it's you know it, I, I I can't I can't make my absence my higher power either thank you I see that um, I just have to kind of do those things to the best of my ability um the, the thing that I think might be most value adding to share is um I'm not going to share my screen because I don't have a version ready to share but I can share um by like reading off this list. So when I do my Step Eleven, nightly, my Step Eleven nightly review, I was always a little buffaloed by the um, the part that said, um, "What is it?" Uh, the, the thing about packing things into the stream of life. I was always like, "I don't know what that means." And uh, and my sponsor was like, "Well, what if you thought of it as you know, like the things that you did that that align with your recovery?" And that helped me. So, so it is in my step eleven night review. As um, actually, maybe I will share my screen. That's all right. Uh, let's see here. But I think it will help you both understand how crazy I am, but also might um, just be helpful. Um, no, it's not going to work. So, here are the things that are on my red, green, blue. Actually, I can probably paste it into the chat that are on my red, green, blue list every night um, or every morning when I do this. Let's see if this works so everyone can follow along and be like, wow, you are super crazy. Oh, too long. Um, I have a long list of things that I work from a template and every one of them is red, green, or blue. Most of them have a very specific qualification for like, how do I know if it's yellow or red, green, or blue? Red, yellow, or green. and it is this. Was I abstinent yesterday? Did I do my step 11 review yesterday? Did I journal 100% of my food? None of these are like part of my abstinence, by the way. Abstinence is I don't eat my red light foods ever. Um, did I do my morning prayers? Half-assed or full-assed? That's the difference between green and yellow. Uh, did, I, did I prayerfully pause four or six times? Did I, did I mindfully meditate for at least three to five minutes? If I needed to do, if I realized I needed or could do a 10th step, did I do it or not? Was I present for a live meeting for at least 20 to 40 minutes? Did I do at least five to 15 minutes of step work for the step group I am Was I of service at least two to four times during the day? Which for me is I served on a meeting, I spoke on a meeting, I shared in a meeting, I posted a paragraph that reads a paragraph a day for vision for you to a Facebook group. I shared my availability for sponsorship, my app or for outreach. I'm up to date on outreach replies. I reached out to people. Um, I made at least one first-time or newcomer contact. I had at least one fellowship conversation, at least one sponsee conversation, It took at least one step and I wrote or shared, I wrote and shared something with fellows. I've never had a day when I did all of those. I try to do at least two to four of them every day. Did I sleep four and a half to seven and a half hours? Did I get my morning routine done reasonably quick time? Did I move my body yesterday? that um, I connect with loved ones at least one to two times. And then there's some stuff related to work and my home space and practicing guitar. That's, that's my vigilance. I, I, so it's both my diligence and my vigilance. If I ever had a day when I got green on all of those, it's never happened. But it, I assume that if it did, that would have been an amazing day. I'll let you know if it ever does. I doubt it ever will. The point of it isn't that if I have a lot of reds on that list, I feel bad at the end of the day, or you know, after I do it, I'm like, oh, was a bad boy. It's not that. It's that if I start to see things consistently being red over time, I know what to look at. I know that's my vigilance. So the diligence is, am I doing these things or not? Because when I do them, the more of them that, I, like, I wish this wasn't true. This is why I call it this stupid program. I wish I could do one of them. But I don't seem to be able to do that. So I do way more than I'm pretty sure I could get away with because I'm an addict and a liar. I do as many of them as I can. And, um, and then I just review what I did to try and make sure that things are, that I'm not lying to myself about how things are going. Um, and all of this, by the way, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't talk about surrender prayer or self, you know, God or any of this. Um, Although I've said me, my, I a lot, the core tenet of my program is none of this is my thing. I believe in a God that is literally everything as described in the big book. It's not a deity, it's just my higher power. So if God is literally everything, that means that every red on that list was in some way, like, well, that was God's will, I guess. Like, I don't understand. The universe does not unfold itself to conform with my pleasure or my understanding, but it does unfold itself. And it's not my job to understand. It's just my job to try and discern what, what is real and true as well as I can and make the best next choice, because that's the only one available. And that's it. So and I just trust that if I keep doing that to the best of my ability, I won't relapse. And if I don't, I might. And if I relapse, it's OK. It's not like as good as not relapsing in terms of my sanity but it just means that that was supposed to happen too. So with that, I will pass.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thank you for that. Um, I appreciate that so much in the
0: share. Um, so I want to take up this time right now to open up the rooms for shares or Q and A's because we still have Carla left, but we still have Domingo and Matt. If you guys have any questions, that would help you, you know, with your program. And if you're in relapse right now, at that moment, that would help you. Or just share whatever you want to share. Oh, Carla's back. You can ask Carla too. <laughs> Well, I really want to take out this time to just connect with you guys again and just the messages that even what Matt said last, you know, like, one of the things that my sponsor had taught me was that, like, straddling the fence, you know, like, really, like, not because of the fear of how I was living before in my old, like, my old life before program, and, like, really letting that go, and then moving into my life of program now and just letting go of all those fears and trusting my higher power that was like such a big jump for me that I did not understand how to let that go but once just like Matt said like even Domingo said like about being specific like being specific like how you want to do things then the universe your higher power your light will always give you what you always wanted you know and if that's recovery then recovery is going to be it and if to go back into the foods like that but you have to be specific about what exactly and not straddle that fence you know and that list like you know a lot of these things that the steps that step 12 like that the list that matt did that's a long step but you know all of us we have those steps you know our food our prayer our meditation to connect and you know i was going back to thinking about my son marley like he was like mom my favorite thing to do is eat and my old thinking was like okay how am i going to restrict his food how am i going to teach him how to eat and that doesn't help But the thought came to me and I was like, I I turned it over to God and I asked God, like, what, how can I help my child right now? And it placed me back into when I was his age. What would have helped me was if my mom spent time with him. So today I was like, you know what, I'm just going to spend one on one time with Marley and I'm going to take him to the movies. And it's just me and him. That's it. Because he's a middle child. And, you know, they they get neglected somehow in between. And so it was like, you know what, let me just extra love on him, because that's probably what I needed when I was seven. And I wanted to eat everything in the cabinet, too. You know, and so and stepping out of that box and realizing, like, you know what, maybe I have been neglecting him. Maybe I haven't been. And like that was like a really hard awakening, because that was like for me, that's like the number 10 you know to continue to do that inventory to really hold myself accountable to like what is the next thing that i'm going to do that's god's will for me you know to live on this earth and to do everything so um but yeah thank you for just letting me share that piece and just hearing everybody's and just like not shouting on the fence because that was a lot of power that's through these rooms and